What's up, J-Bros? Live from Toronto, Ontario, and Kansas City, Missouri, this is the Torture Rack Podcast. I am your host, Mark Bass. My co-host is John F. Malta, and we are very happy to be here with you, our friends in wrestling. John, say something. Let the people know you're alive, pal. The exclusive interview only the two of us could get. Haunted Francis... A.K.A. Brave Billy Avery. We did our first interview, dude. We did our first interview. I thought it went fantastic. You know what? Without further ado, I think we should just throw it at this. What do you think, John? Yeah, let's do it. Everyone, we're super psyched to have as our very first guest ever on the Torture Act podcast. You might know him from his time on the Indies. He most recently took up the mantle of Haunted Francis from the comic book of the same name by our very own, very demented artist, John F. Malta. Please, everyone, welcome to the podcast, Brave Billy Avery. Billy, how are you today? I'm doing all right. Uh, what, what an introduction. Thank you very much. I'm really happy to be here. Happy to be your, your first guest. Honored, I would even say. I gotta say, uh, watching you come out as Haunted Francis last weekend at the show was one of the most surreal experiences of my life. It was so cool. What I want to ask you is that moment that you first realized that you were going to ask John to play Haunted Francis. What was going through your mind? Oh, man. So John and I had, uh, John had done a t-shirt design for me a while back. And uh, I saw that he was working on this comic, you know, Haunted Francis. And I, I really like comics. So figured why not pick this up, see what it's all about. And I read it and immediately I was just like, this should be turned into, you know, an actual wrestling character. And actually when I was younger, uh, I was really big into this anime called, um, well, in the U.S., it was called Ultimate Muscle. Um, in Japan, I think it was <laughs> Kaniku Man. Yeah. Yes. Or oh, yeah. And I always really, I dreamt of being uh, this character, uh, Kevin Mask. And then actually, uh, you know, years later, I was on YouTube and I see, I think, maybe Kota Ibushi... Actually, I think that was down the line. So Noah did a uh, Kaniku Man show. And then I think years down the line, um, another company did it. And Kodobushi played Robin Mask. Anyway, I was just Whoa. like, this, this is such a cool thing. Like, you know, seeing anime characters turned into, you know, wrestling characters. And I, I just had always dreamt of doing something similar. So, yeah, I just, I think at one point I was just like, should I ask John? Is this weird to ask? And I think eventually I just asked him and uh, we got the ball rolling. I think this has been in the works for like at least six months now, maybe more. Yeah, quite a while. It was like last early summer, maybe we started to talk. You texted me about it. And yeah, it's, it's cool that you connected with that character. And it's been such a fun process collaborating together on it. Mark and I were talking about uh, your performance as Haunted Francis and how, at least for me personally, like my work has never felt more alive. Uh, when you were sort of uh, thinking about performing as the character, did you have like a move set or like, I don't know, like the way you move as Haunted Francis 
seemed yeah. very calculated. I, I, and... We talked about on the podcast, like your finger movement as you were like standing on the thing. And I, I immediately got the sense that this is not just like brave Billy Avery in a costume. Like this is haunted Francis. Cause it seemed distinctly different than Billy Avery, like similar moves, but like, you know, different just different, very different presence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was definitely, and I think, John, I told you this, like, initially, I was like, I don't want anyone to know that I'm haunted. Right, yeah, it was going to be totally anonymous, yeah. Right, right, and, um, but in in regard to, like, thinking of movesets and stuff, I was thinking, you know, like, in the the comic, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, Haunted Francis seems to be, like, pretty big into Japanese wrestling, so I was like, oh, what what sort of, you know, even, like, cool-looking moves would, you know, Francis want to do, and uh, th- this actually, so uh, originally the finish was supposed to be me tapping out uh, one of the guys Whoa. with a uh, octopus stretch. No way. Oh my we, God. Yeah, we ran through it a few times and uh, I don't think people, I don't know, a couple of people that matched didn't think it looked too good. So we ended up going with uh, Logan Black did his right. thing. But uh, on the other team were pretty big also, like in terms of like to octopus stretch one of them. That uh, yeah. Yeah. Quite, I think quite awesome to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, like all like Haas, like wrestlers basically. Right. Yeah. All, all three of them are pretty yeah. big dudes. Um, but yeah, it was going to be kind of like the AJ Lee variation, I guess. Oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah, those three guys, I want to put them over to uh, Gigi Everson, Christian Ross, and Chris Bradley. They're all students of Matt Tremont. I think they, oh, nice. uh, they've all been working very hard for some time now. So um, I want to give them some recognition. That's sick. So when you read the comic, was it like just that you wanted to have a character who was a wrestler? Or did you like, did you zone into Haunted Francis like as a as a person, like as a fuck up as well. Yeah, I think totally like a little bit of that. And I'm, you know, I've been into punk and hardcore since I was a teenager at this point. So I, I immediately kind of like gravitated toward the character, maybe even identified with him in uh, a little bit of ways. Otherwise I wouldn't have reached out about him. Um, yeah, totally. I was also like, when I was, you know, finally put on the suit i'm like damn am i too skinny to be him and then actually my partner's like i think i think this is it like that you're one of the few people that maybe could pull this off and i was like really i don't know but i um, think that's absolutely true and i think you're also one of the few people who is kind of like oddly a physical match for john to the point where i got a bunch of messages asking if it was actually john in (laughs) costume and i was like i almost don't want to answer this like we should just (laughs) Like, keep this mystery alive. I loved how the commentators were selling it. They were like, who's this guy? Is he an alien? It's Haunted Francis. Like, they refused to, like, get into it more than that. Uh, was that something you would discuss with commentary, like, beforehand? No, maybe that's to my fault. I, I, I think <laughs> no, one, no one really had any idea, like, what this was. They just saw me, like, some people were like, damn, that's really cool. And other people were like, what the heck are you wearing? <laughs> Um, I, I did tell one of the commentators, Scotty, I was like, can you please just say this is a, a character created by John Malta? I thought that was important to say. But other than that, I think, yeah, no one had any idea what was going on. I, I love that kind of that bleeding of, of that world a little bit where it's, it, it is like a comic book character has like elbow dropped their way into our world. <laughs> and I think the fact that he's, he's a skinny guy, that ups his everyman 
quality, I think. So when you were when you were younger, you said that you uh, enjoyed like anime characters. Did you also have like favorite wrestlers as well? Yes. Um, so I I think this is probably most people's experience. So I got into wrestling in in two thousand four, which was actually kind of late, I would say. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But I, I'm I'm twenty eight, so I guess you know I was I guess twelve years old or something. Um. So actually, the first two wrestlers that really drew me in were uh, JBL and the other one, <laughs> and, the, and the other one was uh, Eddie Guerrero, who to this oh, day nice. is still, I think, my favorite of all. You oh, know, yeah. uh, favorite. And then actually, I want to say my first favorite wrestler, honestly, was probably Spike Dudley, um, because nice. immediately I saw yes, him and yeah. I was like, "Damn, he makes me think that maybe I could get in there and do it." And uh, for whatever reason, that's just always been my personality. Like, I get super into, like, music, and I'm like, I want to be a part of that somehow. And then I start a band. Or, like, I'm reading comics, and I'm like, I want to be a part of this somehow. And so I start writing comics. Um, and so wrestling was just kind of naturally the, the same sort of thing. That's sick. So how did you first start to study? Like, did you, did you have a teacher? Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> When I turned 18, and this was always my goal, um, yep. it was like, when I turn 18, I'm going to go to a wrestling school. So um, I very, you know, methodically convinced my parents um, on the idea that I was going to go to uh, a university in Philadelphia. But my intention was to go there to train to be a wrestler because Philadelphia is big in wrestling. Yeah. So, yeah, I... I got to Philadelphia and like that the next week I was training at uh, the Chikara Wrestle Factory, which at the time was um, run by uh, Mike Quackenbush, um, Claudio Castagnoli, who is now known as Cesaro. Cesaro, man. That's amazing. And and, uh, Sarah Del Rey, um, who was basically like the training all the women at uh, a performance center, um, who all three of them are pretty... uh, phenomenal trainers also um i was very fortunate just around that time um even you know my fellow uh you know the the students who were training with me were guys like um tracy williams who's now in ring of honor um man there's so many um malcolm bivens who's now in nxt so many different people um drew gulak um you know just just I can I could go on and on. I was constantly surrounded by people who are very, very good at what they're doing. Yeah. So what was your experience there like? Did you sell there? No, no. I struggled. I I did sports as a kid. I actually did, you know, track and soccer and such in high school, but I'm just I was small and I still am small. I was like probably like hundred and twenty pounds and uh I did as best as I could. Um, so this was actually in 2011, uh, in 2012. And actually in 2012, I was like, I'm just not progressing. And this is frustrating because this has been my dream all my life. And, um, I'm actually going to be very transparent because I think it's important. I've always struggled with depression, anxiety, and, um, it got to a point where it's like, I I really can't do this anymore. So I, I quit in 2012, um, actually at a point where, uh, Mike Quackenbush had given me a character and uh, paired me with um, someone else who is actually someone I looked up to 
uh, for a very long time. And we can probably talk more about that if you're interested. But uh, I basically quit a few months after I was given a, a character and everything. And I was just like, this is too much. And it's time for me to move on. How long had you been training for at that point? Uh, this was a little over a year, I think, at this point. Maybe even less than that. And were you also going to school, like, in university at the same time? I was, and I was not doing as well as I should have been in school because Chikara was on the road all the time, and the expectation was that, you know, the students would help out with the ring crew in Indiana and Chicago. So I'd go from Philadelphia to, you know, to those crazy cities, and I'd be in the car for hours, and, you know, I'd have to be in class on Monday at, you know, not 8.39 in the morning, and I'd be half awake and... Yeah. Dear God. Yeah. yeah, that sounds absolutely <laughs> untenable. So from when you left, how long did you did you kind of get out of wrestling before you started wrestling again? Yeah, so um, so this was in 2012. I came back in 2016. So I guess that was a, a four-year gap. No way. Uh, yeah, I, I, um, I always followed wrestling. I always watched it. Um, I continued to. I, it was just, it was always a huge part of my life. But um uh, yeah, at that at that time, I was like, I'm done, and I started playing in bands and stuff, and I was like, this is what I'm gonna do going forward to kind of, you know, get that cathartic release out, and um, yeah, I, and I'll tell you, it wasn't until like 2016 when I think Daniel Bryan announced he was retiring, where I was like, man, I really still, I care about this, and I think it can be special. Wow. Um, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson has always been one of my favorites. So um, for whatever reason, it was that moment. I was like, I think I, I need to come back to this. Um, and so in 2016, I was living in Massachusetts, which is where I'm from. Um, I was living there and I hit up a guy named Doug Summers, um, who who's based out of Rhode Island, actually. So I, was, I started training in uh, that area um, in 2016 um, with the attention of, like, I'm going to train a little bit and I'm just going to start having matches. Like, I, I just, I got to get back into this as soon as I can. That is uh, really inspiring, I have to say, that you saw Daniel Bryan put away his boots and you were like, damn, I need to get back into this. Yeah, totally. I, it was a combination of and actually and something else I want to bring up because I, I do appreciate him a lot. Um, again, around this time, might have been 2015, 2016, um, I was at a Beyond Wrestling show in Massachusetts with one of my friends and Drew Gulak had wrestled that night and he was standing at the merch table and I went up to him and I said hi because, you know, we had known each other for a few years at that point. And uh he was extremely kind to me. He was just like, you were really good. And I was like, really? I was good? Because no one had ever told me I was good. And uh, he's like, yeah, man, you should get back into it. And, you know, here's my number in case you don't have it anymore. Text me anytime. Dude. And uh, the ball started rolling from there. So Drew has always kind of just been like a peer, a friend of mine. But uh, to hear that from him... Um, because he obviously didn't need to say that to me. Like he didn't need to say you were good. It was just, it, it, it meant a lot in that, in that moment for sure. Yeah, absolutely. He's someone who is just like so talented and just 
does not get used like whatsoever like on the on that program no it's um, it's frustrating because it was like for a second it looked like they were they were like having yeah. him and brian doing something and then he's just running around with the 24 7 title i think it was pretty yeah. much all those paul Heyman guys that he was trying to push like he was trying to push the next generation like alistair black and like apollo cruz and drew gulag and like all these dudes and then as soon as he got fired Vince was like, I don't like any of these people. Like he doesn't yeah. even like he doesn't like Andrade. Like he doesn't like he doesn't even like Keith Lee. Like the guy is absolutely out of his mind. Like yeah, yeah, doesn't know what he's doing. It's and frustrating. So is it like does it feel like uh, the landscape has changed when you see a company like AEW that is not like that at all? Does it feel like the landscape's changed a little bit? A hundred percent. Yeah, I mean. Actually, I have a lot of friends who work for AEW now, which is just crazy. It's like, you know, you turn on the TV Wednesday and it's like, here's, you know, 10 people that I know um, and consider friends. Um, I, I mean, I could name so many people. Bryce Remsburg, I watch him, you know, every week. And uh, Chuck Taylor, Orange Cassidy, these are all guys I've known for a long time now. And it, it's it's great and inspiring and i'm i'm really proud and happy for those guys because they deserve it they they've been around for a long time now and they've busted uh their behinds for and there's a spot there's like a real primetime spot where people are actually watching yeah so totally cool. kind of going back to what you're saying about hopping back into wrestling in 2016 were you billy avery at that point or were you wrestling as someone else Okay, so let me go back a little bit. So before I left in 2012, I, um, I was paired with actually someone at that time who I was an enormous fan of as, as a, a teenager, actually. And I don't know how familiar you all are with uh, Chikara, but um, I was paired with uh, a wrestler known as Hydra. Um, so hydra had kind of stepped away for a bit and then um was doing a character called leslie butterscotch and he had some uh <laughs> ring of honor dark matches with orange cassidy it was orange cassidy and leslie butterscotch the um the flavors of the week i believe is what they were oh my called. god that's awesome and uh, <laughs> yeah so in 2012 there you know mike quackenbush had the idea i want you to portray kind of like two flights of the flight of the Concords characters, which to this day, mm. I haven't even seen that show, but um, yeah. So it was um, my name at the time is something that the uh, Leslie and myself had come up with was um, Avery Boysenberry. It was Avery Boysenberry <laughs> and Leslie Butterscotch. Yeah. So um, all that stuff's on YouTube. We, we filmed a bunch of videos and they were all actually very well received, um, but it was Leslie Butterscotch and Avery Boysenberry were two kids who wanted to be wrestlers and they were backyard wrestlers so they were portraying characters in themselves so Avery Boysenberry was portraying this character named Dapper Donnie who was kind of like <laughs> a ladies man and uh, <laughs> Leslie Butterscotch was the rising flame who was like a very um, I don't even know what you would say very over the top he was like a 16 time or maybe like a 40-time backyard wrestling champion. <laughs> and uh, It's like the yeah. Ric Flair of backyard wrestling, basically. Exactly. Um, and that was an absolute blast, but I think my, uh, my, my depression at the time was just, I, I just, things were going against me, and I, I had to stop. But anyway, in 2016, I was like, 
I don't want to be Avery Boysenberry anymore. That's just like too silly. Do I regret not being Avery Boysenberry? Maybe. But anyway, <laughs> it was just like, it was like uh, Billy Avery. Um, so took, you know, the first name Avery. And then Billy was taken from uh, one of my favorite movies. It's a Ken Loach film called Kess. The main character's name is uh, Billy Casper. So Billy Avery. And uh, um, actually, so this is very kind of bizarre. So in 2016, when I debuted, um, which was for uh, CZW Dojo Wars, Billy Avery was a uh, kind of like a, it was a heel character. And it was someone who um, basically was just delusional, thought like extremely highly of themselves. At the time, I um, had received a the opportunity to be an extra in the movie central intelligence <laughs> so i would uh, you know i screenshotted the the <laughs> still that i was in that i appeared in for a second and i was like see i'm a movie star i was in this movie <laughs> my good friend the rock and kevin hart and i was just very over the top and just thought i was like way stronger than i was and basically um jeff cannonball just beat the shit out of me and it was <laughs> pretty funny match um and that, again that just got the ball rolling uh, i'm yes. talking i'm talking too much <laughs> no, no not at all, not at all. Yeah, this is that, what you're here for absolutely yeah it's cool it's cool too that to know that because jeff cannonball is someone that Hunter francis team with that you've been like around and working with uh him for that long uh if, was this back in 2016 as well yeah, so that was 2016. Actually, my first match, technically my first match ever was against Jeff. And nice. I, I've known Jeff for actually a while now. Um, he was the, the bass player of a band called Altered Boys, who was a big fan of at the time. He also sang in a band called Black Heights, which I was another, you know, also a big fan of. So we connected. Um, yeah, Jeff's a great guy. I've, I've shared the ring with him. Probably too many times at this point. <laughs> so I've seen you now as a face, as like Haunted Francis, but I've also seen you as a heel, uh, like your delusional heel, but also as Andy Kaufman. Uh, oh, no, no. <laughs> uh, what, do, you, do you feel more naturally inclined towards uh, being a face or a heel, or does it just kind of depend? Um, oh, I, I love doing both actually. And there was a time where I was like, I need to choose between which one. Um, at the end of the day, I think I am better as a baby face and I think I'm more comfortable in that role just because it's closer to my natural disposition. Um, yeah, I do find I that is what helps. It's just kind of taking your natural character and then just amplifying it. Probably most great wrestling characters anyway. Right. That's what they always say. And I, I think that's true. But um, yeah, I, I really enjoy playing a heel character if I'm feeling like particularly like crazy or just want to, you know, be really loud. I do getting uh, enjoy getting into those, you know, heel character stuff. So I'm not a wrestler. What is it like to be a different character, to be able to be brave Billy Avery and then be able to go out there and be a heel. Is it very freeing just knowing that you're not under your own name and you're just kind of have sort of an, an anonymity? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's, uh, it's probably what I enjoy most about wrestling, honestly, is just this um, uh, carefree aspect to it. You can just kind of be someone who you're not. And, I, you know, I'm going to be, again, honest with you all again, like, I don't like myself very much. So when I have the opportunity to portray a different character, different, you know, different characters, 
um, I really uh, I take that opportunity and just try to make the most of it. I think that's probably a lot of actors are just like uncomfortable in their own skin and just have a better time when they get to be somebody else and feel oddly enough more free when they're somebody else. Absolutely. I think that's the case for wrestlers too. I, I bet and there's I mean, there's some psychological study that should be done on wrestlers. Because <laughs> just like even think of like Ric Flair, like he can't take that character away. Like he can't turn turn that shit off. Like no, most most wrestlers can't or don't like to turn that off. Because right. there's a high that comes with portraying a character that is totally. so larger than life. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I, I also have like struggled with depression and, and anxiety for, uh, for most of my life. Um, have you found that anything helps you through, through all these years? Um, does, does, does wrestling, does that work? Um, or is it something else that kind of like helps you free your mind a little bit? Yeah. Wrestling's a, a big, big uh, component of that for me. Um you know, I, I think I talked to John a little bit about this, like maybe a, a, a few months ago, but I was feeling very conflicted about wrestling during the pandemic because right, honestly, yeah. it's probably not the best idea, but I was really, you know, I started to realize how much I missed wrestling and I, like my mental health was just going to shit. And I was like, if I can do this in a way that is as safe as possible or as make it as safe for myself and people around me as I can, then I'm, I'm going to take that risk and it is a risk and maybe I, I'm making a mistake by, by wrestling right now. I probably am, but um, I, I depend on wrestling a lot. Um, I really do. I mean, I depend on a lot of different things. Like I, I enjoy writing and I, um, I also want to say like, I see a therapist and I encourage anyone who, um, you know, is struggling with depression or anxiety to see a therapist because oftentimes um, you know, dealing with your emotions and such um, is not easy to do on your own. Yeah, it must have been so hard to have wrestling removed from your life over this past year. Like when that happened earlier in the year, I was imagining like that same thing happening to me if for some reason like illustration was a public facing <laughs> job where I had to go interact with people in order to make a comic book or an illustration. And like, I I don't know, I think I would feel the same way that you do and then ultimately do what you did too where it's like well I have to do this I'm gonna go crazy if I don't do this thing I have to do this thing so I'm gonna do this thing and I'm gonna do it as safely as possible and the the weekend that Sean's show seemed very like I don't know it didn't seem like there's that many people there it was mostly rest seemed like mostly wrestlers from what we want we saw on the broadcast so I don't know yeah it's like how, how do you tell someone to stop doing this thing that they love that keeps them like sane and makes them feel whole as a human um totally. even though like obviously that there definitely is something to be said about the shows that have like huge crowds at them and stuff but you know it seems like a lot of the indie shows that are doing like closed set shows or like you know very limited capacity have been doing the best they can in terms of keeping everybody safe uh yeah right and i i mean i miss the large crowds and such like there's definitely like even just wrestling um wrestling the past few months there's a, an element of it that's a little depressing but it, it, it's enough for me that it's like you know makes me happy but um it's still not 100 percent. it still feels a little 
a little weird. Um, I was going to ask, like, that's, what's, that's what's true. It like, yeah. What's it like wrestling in, in that time? Like, do you, do you find you have to work a different style? Do you find you have to like pause less or, or anything or like, like be that? louder? Yeah. It yeah. seems like. That's a good question. It's not something I personally think too much about. I do. I, uh, I really enjoy uh, interacting with fans. Uh, part of my ring entrance, actually, I'd always try to like interact with the fans. Um, even at like intermission, just like getting to know different people. And that, that's, that's all very uh, valuable to me. So just not being able to do that, or even if I am doing it now, it doesn't feel super comfortable. Um, it's just, it's just a really weird time. And I, I can't wait until, you know, and I, you know, a company I really want to name drop um, who has been really kind of made my love for wrestling um, even amplified is uh, LVAC, um, Lehigh Valley Athletics Council. It's run by uh, Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. Um, those shows are absolutely amazing. Um, it's usually packed building, all, always sold out. Um, and um yeah it's just uh honestly maybe like a lot of people who go there are not the biggest wrestling fans or don't know a whole lot about wrestling but that makes it like even better for whatever reason <laughs> yeah big shout out to them they printed the first torture rack t-shirt um, oh sick yeah did you uh did you work that uh movie the drive-in movie that they did they, there was like a weekend yes I did like, not it was like last fall, right? It was last summer, I want to say. Yeah. Last year, did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, last year. Um, I did not work it. Um, so actually, in October 2019, I want to say, I lost a loser leaves town match to Jeff Cannonball. Oh, um, damn. So I have not been seen in <laughs> the LVAC since. Um, <laughs> But I do know uh, I just started doing this new character, so you never know uh, <laughs> when someone else right. might step foot in those doors. Yeah, the the tones of kids from the black kids of the black hole will hit, and haunted Francis will storm the stage. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was curious to ask about like what kind of stuff that you watch. Like these days, me and John are mostly watching, you know, NJPW, AEW, some GCW shows. What do you, what do you watch for wrestling these days? Uh, I watch. I really watch everything. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't know. I shouldn't watch that much wrestling. A lot of it's not that good. I watch WWE probably at, at least once a week. Um, like one of the like the TV shows. Yeah, I do. I, I don't, I just, it's always been like kind of, uh, it's just, so, it's part of my routine at this point. <laughs> it's awful. I know it's awful, but I don't know. I'll put it on, um, watch AEW every week. Uh, I try to, you know, if I hear about a New Japan match, that's good. I'll watch that. Um, I try to keep up with the indies just because I'm a part of it and want to know, you know, what's going on. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm pretty um, well-informed about what's going on in wrestling. Yeah, I, I figured you probably watched diff like more stuff than we watched um, because we, we, we used to watch NXT and we don't really watch that anymore just because like it's at the same time as AEW and it's not as fun to watch it not live, I find. And 
Yeah, we're, we're, we're sort of phasing out of watching WWE pay-per-views just because there's just so much wrestling. And it's why why are we watching this thing that it seems like they are not trying at all right. most of the time? It just seems like they're just kind of throwing everything at the wall. Right. But, uh, <coughs> no, I was just, I just, uh, yeah, I was just curious about, yeah, if there was anything that, that you watched that we didn't, that you wanted to hip us to. Oh, but. man. Um, trying to think. I mean, honestly, like that, you know, IWTV has a lot of great content on there. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this. Limitless Wrestling as a a weekly show. I will be on their third season in some capacity. Cool, Um, yeah. That's sick. Very well-produced shows. Um, Trying to think what else is on there. I don't know. IWTV is a great resource. Um, H2O, I want to say they're, you know, doing their best um, with the pandemic, all things considered. Um, Yeah. Do you have a, do you have a favorite match of all time? Is there a match that you would like, not, maybe not like this is a singular match, but a match that you would think of like a match that I would like to think of. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of matches like Terry Funk, (laughs) Jack, King of the death match. Yeah. Onita versus Hayabusa. Um, do you have like one that you like, like if you were going to recommend kind of like a, a, a favorite historical match, maybe not necessarily one that defines every part of your favorite things about wrestling. So a really good question. I, I don't know. A few come to mind. This is kind of silly and it's not, I don't think it's the best match, but it's one that I've watched yeah. a lot. Um, and I do thoroughly enjoy it's uh Samoa Joe versus Necro Butcher from IWA Mid South, and I oh, forget yeah. the year. Have you seen that? Either yeah, I definitely have watched that on YouTube. I've at never some watched point. that. I would yeah. love to watch. That. Oh my god, it's a complete massacre. It's just so. <laughs> it's probably like Necro Butcher probably had like eight concussions in that match. But, yeah, um, it's brutal. There's like there was like a string of time where like I didn't really watch wrestling, but I did just like seek out crazy like death matches, uh, and like just like other matches that were like being hyped up on the internet in the way that one has been for so long. And yeah, that's like, that's such a good one. Good shout for sure. Yeah. I would, I'm, I'm totally going to watch that too. Cause I just love Samoa Joe. Um, a couple of years ago, you fought uh, Matt Riddle. <laughs> the brave did, versus the bro. The, the brave yeah. and the bro. How did that come about? Oh my God. Um, oh, so there's this promoter, um, he he did some stuff for um, CZW as well. He's just a big big fan. I don't know. He must have saw me at some point. Billy Avery was like, "This guy's funny. Uh, what is the craziest match that I could possibly think of?" And it was me versus Matt Riddle. And he <laughs> told me about it originally. I was like, didn't really believe him. And then the match, you know, came closer and closer to the date. And I was like, "Wow, this is really happening." Um, the match I don't think is online, but the footage exists somewhere. Try um, to find it. Yeah, it's not online. Yeah, couldn't find it either. I've been told uh, it will come out eventually, but yeah, he beat the living, <laughs> beat the living shit out of me. Uh, it's actually a very good back and forth match, but he beats the shit out of me. Um, and I I beat him. I pinned him. So Dude, there that's we go. Sick. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Like, 
what was it like putting together a match with him? Did he want to rehearse a lot before, or was he mostly calling spots? Uh, we called most of it in the back. Um, actually, originally, I was like, I was anticipating like this is going to be like a five minute match, right? And he had just wrestled uh, James Ellsworth, I think, at um, Spring Break or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Around that time, and I was just like, "That's what we're doing, right? We can we we're doing something similar." To that. And he's just like, "Nah, man. Like, I think we should do this." And it was just like pile driver from the top rope and all this Holy other shit. shit. And we went like sixteen minutes, I want to say, maybe longer. Um, real back and forth, man. He did not, you know, even though he's probably like easily a hundred pounds more than me, he did not let up. And also that guy is just freakishly strong. Like he doesn't even come off as strong. I think on TV, like he looks big on TV, but he is like on another level. Like he was pinning me and I, I couldn't breathe. I was like, <gasps> yeah, just a freak absolute freak his kicks just like felt like someone was like putting a knife through my back i don't even know how else to describe but i will tell you i will tell you after that match i was walking around like i was hot shit i was like i just beat this fucking ufc <laughs> fighter and no one can be up on the streets i was what walking. was the what was the finish of that um it was, I think he was going for the bro to sleep, and I kind of uh, rolled him up a small package, and the referee was, uh, actually, I was working heel, I guess, for that match, so the referee uh, did a quick three count. He was on my side. Okay. Oh, my God. Yeah, I got uh, chills hearing you say that. Like, I'm imagining you as the underdog just, like, getting pummeled by Riddle, but then pulling off, like, quick heel three count. So, yeah, so, just running away. Yeah. So here's the thing, too, with that match. Like, I was supposed to be the heel, and then he was the babyface. He was just – I think he just signed with WWE, so he was wrapping up his last few indie dates. So he came out, and crowd was stoked to see him. And then a few minutes in, they just shifted. They, they wanted to see me win because <laughs> Matt Riddle was literally just beating the shit out of me, and, like, everyone could see, like, this – I was, like, in pain. So they, they turned um, – it was it was a cool, definitely a cool experience. I don't know if I would do the match again, but it was definitely a cool experience. So when you're in the middle of something like that, is, does it just feel like you're being just ragdolled around? Yeah, honestly, I don't remember much from that match. Maybe I got <laughs> concussed, but um, oh, yeah, I was shit. being ragdolled. I it was like fight or flight mode. Honestly, it was just like because there were bits where like we didn't call in like. He was slapping me, and I was slapping him back because I was like, "What else are you gonna do?" And just like, when even, something isn't called like that, do you just kind of go on instinct? Like, can you see like what the other person is trying to do, and you kind of just go with it? Yeah. So yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I, I would say that's a little bit of it. The the one thing I will say, like wrestling, is like a universal language. So even if I've been told if like you wrestle someone from Japan, if you're an American wrestling someone from Japan or, you know, Mexico, there's just the way that if you're taught properly or you're trained properly, like you will be able to fill in those, uh, you know, gaps and spaces relatively seamlessly. It's a cool thing. It really is. Yeah. It's really incredible. That's true. Yeah. Like when you said that, like Suzuki and Mox, came to mind where it's like a match like that, that probably didn't have a lot of prep time 
uh, between two people who don't speak the same language, but then still sort of like it flows together. They speak it, the and, language of violence. Yeah, right. <laughs> and but then in, in similarly to what you're saying, like yeah, it's like you don't you you all know what you're doing and you're kind of going, you're just going with that flow, whatever that might be. Um, yeah. It's like an interesting dance almost or something. For uh, sure. I think also another part of it is like, you have to trust your opponent because if you don't, then that's, yeah, you're going to have a lot of issues. So even in that moment, I, I did trust Matt Riddle. I'm like, this guy knows his strength. I think he knows he, you know, if he really wanted to kick me, he could probably kill me. Like, legitimately, he could probably kill me. So he's holding True. up a little bit here. Um, right. I have not watched the match back either. So I don't know. I'd like to watch it back, too. Just yeah, to I want to see it now. I wish that we could I watch totally it after this. It. I, Honest, uh, real quick, honestly, like, I think if that match was released, I think it would go maybe go viral because <laughs> it's, it's like a 135-pound ver dude versus Matt Riddle. Like, who the hell? And like, you pit him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? And uh, I hope I think, it goes out someday. Yeah. I think that's, like, a great story to tell to people who are just kind of on the cusp of understanding what wrestling is. They don't understand that if you go into the ring with Matt Riddle, you at your, at your weight, you're like, you're going to get hurt. Like, there's no, we're not just playing around here. Like you said, he could kill me if he wanted to. Like, he's like an MMA fighter. Do you do you find you have to explain that to people? A little bit, because just being my size, too, to, like, if someone, sometimes I'll show friends or whatever in my matches, and they'll be like, you know, D why are you wrestling that guy? He's so much bigger <laughs> than him. Like, it's it's wrestling. It's it's fake. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I'm saying the, the fake word, but uh, I mean, it is. It's like performance. I, I do probably have to have those conversations with people quite a bit who don't know a whole lot about wrestling. Because at surface level, right, it doesn't make that much sense. Yeah, totally. It just, it's just funny how it's like, obviously it's something that's being agreed upon, but there's that real danger factor that if like two people are not working in tandem, like there's so many things that could go wrong. Um, you're just like you're throwing each other around, you know. At one bad bump, yeah, it could go. It could go a totally different way. Absolutely, yeah, it speaks it's, definitely speaks to like the craft and skill that it takes to do something like the performance and sport of it, where it's like you do get hurt, but you're not going to get hurt to the point of ideally, hopefully, to the point of like paralyzation or something. And yeah, it's like there's a risk you're gonna in doing it. You're going to take some bumps. You're going to get you're yeah. going to take some bumps. You're going to you're going to, you know, probably break and sprain some some shit, but like hopefully you like you'll be okay. Uh, that that is the hope. Yeah. Um, it's I, also knowing that the performers are in it together. It's like that is like the sticking point to me as to what I like about wrestling more than something like MMA where it's like we're, you're watching this like performative fight that feels real, but really it's, you know, the, the people are working in harmony versus you know they're really trying like hard to not hurt each other versus they're trying hard to <laughs> to hurt, hurt each, each other. other yeah exactly uh, so, yeah um, <laughs> so when you kind of circling back to what you're saying about kind of establishing yourself as brave billy avery have you been wrestling nonstop since 2016 like pretty regularly i i would say pretty consistently um so i have it i have a life outside of wrestling um so i don't wrestle every weekend, but I, I, you know, I ideally I'm wrestling at least once a month or once every couple months. So yeah, pretty, pretty consistently. 
Do you have any favorite matches over the last couple of years? Yeah, I, honestly, I am a, a very happy with everything that I've done at LVAC. I think that's by far my best work. Um, there is a, a match I had with Jeff, um, the Loser Leaves Town match um, with Jeff at LVAC. I was a big fan of. I also had a, a match with um, Rex Lawless there. Another, it's basically just big guys versus me, and it, you know, <laughs> the underdog story is, you know, inherently there. Um, I like the match with Matt Riddle. I think it was good. It feel felt good to me. Um, so that's that's up there. Most of the stuff I did at Dojo Wars, which I think is all on YouTube. I I'm also pretty fond of. Do you have any like uh, dream opponents that you actually hope to go up against in like the next five years? Yes. Um, so one that I always say is uh, Kikutaro. And I don't know how reason, like, reasonable that is, but he's always been at the top of my list. I think he's probably the best comedy wrestler maybe ever. So um, that's, that's important to me. Um, otherwise, David Arquette is another one. Oh, yeah. Yes. Even teaming with David Arquette would mean a lot. Um, Hallow Wicked, I don't know if you're familiar with him. Hallow Wicked would be another one. He's a uh, former Chikara wrestler. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, I look forward to wrestling new people all the time. So, But those, those are the top three that come to mind. Yeah, Kikotaro would be incredible. That's such a cool... that like Imagining Brave Billy Avery or Haunted Francis wrestling Kikotaro. Uh, yeah, that'd be absolutely incredible. Especially just like the varying things you have done as Billy Avery in your matches too. It just seems like the things that the two of you would do together in ring would be really, really great. And definitely content that has not been seen in a wrestling ring before, I would imagine would come out of the convergence of the two of you. I think we would have a, a real fun match for sure. And I hope someday it happens. Um, I don't know how much, how much I got left of this in me, maybe a few more years, but um, I hope it happens. It's definitely, yeah. it's been my number one match for a while now. So is comedy wrestling something you'd like to really get into? Yes, I am definitely a comedy wrestler. You know, a 135-pound dude shouldn't be doing choke slams and power bombs <laughs> and body slamming people, but that's that's what I do. So, yeah, I'm a comedy wrestler. I, I embrace that 100%. <laughs> Goddamn. I cannot wait to see more Haunted Francis in the ring. I also really hope that this Matt Riddle match uh goes Surfaces. viral as you yeah. as you as you said because like i would absolutely love to see that and i would love to like watch it and and maybe get some commentary from you on like what's going on in your head right now when you're getting kicked this hard totally yeah i'd be happy to do that with you all even outside <laughs> of this uh this podcast stuff so how important was it for you billy to collaborate with john to bring haunted francis to life in the ring oh it was like um it had to happen like i even and John, you can talk about this too, but at, at one point, you know, so Green Ant is a, a wrestler who made the Haunted Francis mask. And at one point he was sending me, you know, progress of the mask and I was looking at it. And then at one point I was just like, can you just message John? And like, whatever he's <laughs> okay with, I'm okay. Like, I want John to be happy with how it looks. 
Um, I remember it was a little bug-eyed before. Like yeah, the, I said the Mark, were too one of the process photos. Yeah. 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 I was like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, no offense, screen app, but I was just like, oh, you know. Well, and looking back at the original, like I had drawn in the summertime, like a, a mock-up of what the mask could look like, but it was just, um, I put some like mask references and then just did the, the drawing of like the mask, but didn't really like, I I guess I didn't realize how precise Green Ant could get with <laughs> replicating my drawings onto a Lucha mask, but it he did, he did. It just looks like my... You and Green totally Ant nice. brought Haunted Francis to life into our reality. And yeah, we it went through like that revise where there was a moment where it looked like if Haunted Francis like was like in the fly and started becoming like this like <laughs> modulated fly, half human, half punk, <laughs> half fly <laughs> character. But then yeah, we we uh I made like a more uh like rigid character sheet of like the eyes have to align with the mouth and then like there's a very minimal space between the eyes which I know Green Ant had originally said would be difficult uh, for your vision, but it seemed like you you uh, you were fine in Ring and um, your debut. Absolutely, yeah. I didn't have any issues with that at all. He, I mean, he killed it. I was so yeah. happy with the finalized version. It looks it looks great. It really does. Yeah, he did such a good job, uh, and yeah, just the costume and music was really fun to put together. Like kind of going back and forth on songs, like you're. You were the one that suggested uh, using that adolescent song, uh, Kids of the Black Hole, and it was so perfect. Even just the way it was pr produced, like your entrance building, like the build to that, the slow build to that song where then it like <laughs> hits. Uh, yeah, it was so, it was, it was so cool to see. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is, was that like the first song you thought of? for yeah. Hunter Francis? Yeah, I, I don't know why, but it was just like, this This is it. And it was just like, when I think of Haunted Francis, it's like, it's that song. I don't know, Kids of the Black Hole. Like that, yeah. that's, I don't know. And then it, I was just, you know, I was like working out, I was running on the treadmill and I was listening to it and I was imagining like myself coming out to it. And I was like, I think this is it. And I didn't know you like threw out a few ideas out there and I was like, man, I think I still like this. <laughs> Kids of the Black Hole. Yeah, I, and the ideas I threw out were two. There's just like one Nine Shocks Terror song um, that I just, it's like my amp up song <laughs> perennially, like since I've been like 16. But like, uh, yeah, so, but and that Kids of the Black Hole, similarly though, like, yeah, I, I went to see the adolescents in high school on like a like random reunion tour they did. And just to for you to throw that song out there and then seeing it, it like, yeah, it and the costume brought Haunted Francis alive. I feel like, yeah, dude, just like your entrance, the way you stomped out with like Jeff Cannonball and Logan Black flanked behind you. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like in terms of like um, like an artistic project, it was so cool to see like what like like something that I created, but then someone else bringing it to life in their own way. I don't collaborate a lot with people like on stuff like that in terms of my personal work and like Hunter Francis or like my comic work. So it's very, very cool to see and just the different motions that you did throughout the match we talked a lot about in the last episode uh the way you did the tag <laughs> and also how at the end when logan like um shoves you and then you do this kind of like <laughs> like shake out uh and like adjust your head it, it's just like i don't know just there's a lot of like nuanced moves happening did you, Was that did something you feel you different about first of all i want to say when that match ended i picked up my phone like five minutes later and i i saw your text john and i was like 
man, I'm, I'm so happy. It feels like I made you proud because, um, yeah. uh, that's really what I wanted at the end of the day. I, I just, I felt like this was a great character and it should, you know, your work should have the opportunity to like, to reach this new prep platform. So I was very pleased with that in terms of like the way that like I moved and stuff. I don't know. It was like, I did think about it beforehand. And I, I was also like, I just want this to feel like natural. So like, I don't know. It's just like, I'm walking like I'm like a, a punk kid, but like also like I'm kind of like fucked up or something. Like, <laughs> um, I think that's really what it comes down to. And I think this is all like still a work in progress. Like yeah. I need to figure totally. out like the move set and like I hopefully I'll get that octopus stretched yeah. out. Do all the, you know, uh, you know, I thought of the neck breaker. I was like, maybe that would work there, which is Dude, a that neck breaker was so sick. The neck breaker was really awesome. And you did like a cool, like Superman bridge as well into a pin. I was like, this guy's got some moves here. Yeah. So I think that's all a work in progress. Like I don't want my moveset to be the same as Billy Avery haunted Francis totally. to be the same as Billy Avery. So that's still a, a work in progress. And I'm hoping once the, you know, pandemic, you know, reaches its end, I'll start training a little bit more and working on different moves to add to the moveset. What's it like coming out with the mask on for the first time? Like, does again, because we were talking about before, before it like makes you feel a little bit of anonymous when you're wrestling under someone else's name. Now you're under someone else's name and under a mask. Do you feel even more hidden? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. Um, so I've talked to people before that, you know, debuted in mass and they're just like, they'll take it off eventually and they're like fuck i hate masks but i really really liked it i don't know what it was it just felt like i'm no longer you know like the season even further than being um even far more far off from being myself it's like yeah. i really am another character now like no one can see my face really no one you know can see any you know my body really it's just, i'm just like completely covered my body was hidden um yeah just uh, it felt very liberating it, it really did and I, I wonder how much of it you actually had to think about beforehand and how much of it was like you'd read the comic you understand john's aesthetic you got the mask you put it on how much of it was just like when you stood there you were like i am haunted francis yeah i think i think that really is it it was just like I really am this character. Like even before I wrestled, I was taking like promo pics and I was just like, you know, doing different poses and stuff. <laughs> and you like, did you find yourself doing different things that you wouldn't normally do? Totally, totally. Um, I, I also really enjoy acting. So just, I don't know, just, I love just, you know, doing different things that are so far from myself, my actual self. So yeah, I think, I think that's really what it comes down to. I, I do really believe that it's like something special, like the symbiosis of like you and uh, the character of Haunted Francis and also just like you and the mask. Like, I feel like you have like your own like Venom relationship with this mask now. And I can't wait to see how you grow and like how things change and just, just being able to track from the very beginning of, of Haunted Francis. Absolutely. Yeah, it's I'm very, very excited. I think, you know, hopefully John and I can work on some new... Uh, iterations of the costume and such just to see it realized so quickly is it's so cool and that to have it come together the way it did uh yeah there is not a more perfect person to be portraying him um oh, and I, thank it's, you i really appreciate yeah just 
you reaching out to do that? Because when I first wrote the comic, like, and I when I finished the comic, I, I thought like the best place this could go would be for someone to become Haunted Francis, but I have no idea how that will happen. And it's funny because in the same year that I did the t-shirt, I did the t-shirt for you not long after like I put out the first issue of Haunted Francis. Um, and I feel like that was like really the year that I was like, I need to stop just like letting wrestling rattle around in my brain and like kind of like let it overlap with like my illustration work and like, you know, starting this podcast with Mark and magazine. Um, yeah, it's just cool that, you know, we linked up and you're the one that's portraying him. Thank you. That's, that's yeah. Very, I don't know. Blame. It's like, you know, like two punk kids who liked wrestling that, you know, came together in some way. Uh, yeah. Really yeah, appreciate it. I, I always felt honestly, like even when you did my, uh, my shirt design, I was like, I really like this John guy. I feel like some sort of kinship with him. So I'm, I'm very happy it worked out. Wow. That was a great interview. Uh, I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, and we, we just cannot wait to see the, the further exploits of uh, Haunted Francis. Absolutely. This has been another episode of the Torture Act podcast. You can follow my co-host, John F. Malta, at John F. Malta on all social media. You can follow me, Mark Basque, at Waste of Taste on Instagram. You can follow us on Instagram, on YouTube, on our website, and join the Torture Act Wolf Pack.